1: Welcome, folks, to the Absolute Return Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Clamachico. I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Kesslering. And on today's show, we welcome special guest, Justin Miro, the president of Kensington Capital Partners and CEO of their SPAC, Kensington Capital Acquisition 2. On the podcast, Justin discusses his career that ranged from test driver to engineer to investment banker and now an investor, advisor and SPAC sponsor focused on the automotive space, the underlying thesis behind the Kensington Capital Acquisition series of SPACs, key insights into Kensington's SPAC merger with Wallbox at a $1.5 billion valuation, a discussion of Wallbox's business model, customers, and competitors, and more. So with no further ado, here's our discussion with Kensington Capital's Justin Miro. Welcome, Justin, to the podcast. Excited to have you on today to chat about all things Wallbox and Kensington Capital acquisition. You guys recently announced a business combination, which is obviously super exciting for you. But prior to getting into the underlying business model and that deal specifically, I wanted to delve a little bit into your background and give our listeners a sense of your track record. Specifically, you are an automotive specialist from what I can see, a wide ranging career. Found it interesting way back in the day, a brief stint as a test driver, then an engineer, investment banker, now an investor advisor and SPAC sponsor focused on the automotive space. Can you walk us through your career background and why you decided to focus on the auto business? Well, uh, first of all, uh, Julian and Michael,
2: thanks for having me on here. And um, well, it sounds like uh, you actually gave my whole background there, Julian, so I'm not (laughs) sure how much more I can say. But um, yeah, my whole career, and in fact, my entire team, all of our careers have been in the auto industry. And uh, I did begin my career in the late 80s uh, at Car & Driver magazine. And uh, born and raised in Detroit, I mean, my passion was working on cars. And uh, back then, working on cars meant uh, building the biggest, most powerful engine you could. Today, working on cars means making the most energy-efficient powertrain and electrifying anything you can get your hands on. So, uh, you know, just in my short career uh, in the auto industry, uh, about three decades I've been able to see this transformation. And, you know, I think it's really that transformation that uh, got our group here so excited at kensington uh, i mean i have people on my team at kensington who was the uh, people like don Runkle. that he was the chief engineer on the general motors ev1 the very first electric vehicle ever produced production car i have guys like you know matt Simonsini, the former ceo of lear 20 billion dollars a year of tier one parts supply uh, that type of people on my team we've never seen this transformation in the auto industry that we're seeing today in what we view it as the number one mega trend in the auto industry, which is the electrification of the powertrain. And so to to be at this, I guess this intersection of events that are going on globally, which is this electric powertrain coming together and the fact that the world is now focused on smart energy management in, in everything, your home, your business, public transportation, you name it, Everyone's talking about these two major trends and they're coming together. And and we as a team, you know, we have a lot of experience building products, a lot of experience with the OEMs, and dealers. We obviously have a lot of experience with batteries given our previous SPAC transaction with QuantumScape. And so we pulled all this together and we said, what is at the this intersection of these two mega trends? And we look at it as charging. And we said, Yeah, there's a lot of charging companies out there, but what is the one charging? That's really taking advantage of energy management and uh, wallbox is the only company we found that's doing that so i would say it's a culmination of collectively we got about 300 years of automotive experience at kensington um you know i probably have the least amount as an operator but i was an investment banker for 20 years um but this team that we've assembled uh is amazing and we continue to be the only spac out there with real automotive expertise uh, you know i kind of kid to people some of these other SPACs, you know, they 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 claim that they're automotive SPACs, but they've maybe been automotive experts for about 30 days. You know, <laughs> my team is automotive experts for 30 years, so very different environment.
1: And speaking of your team's automotive expertise, now Kensington Capital Acquisition Two, your second SPAC, first one you mentioned, QuantumScape deal, very well received by the market, a success in its own right. Now you're looking to continue that with the WBX deal. Can you discuss your underlying thesis behind the Kensington Capital acquisition series of SPACs?
2: Sure. Well, you know
1: it's a it's a great
2: question you're asking. We we actually have a standard uh, investment criteria that's really gone unchanged, regardless of whether it was QuantumScape or Wallbox or any of the other targets that we really look at as part of this process. And um, you know, as a bunch of engineers, you can imagine we we looked at the entire universe and said, first of all, what makes an excellent company? You know, that's the first element we had to look at. And we have a number of parameters that we look at uh, that are operational, that are financial, that are competitively positioned. Uh, but then there's also a lot of subjective ones in things like how good is the management team? Uh, you know, you know, how competitive is the product? Uh, does it have growth rates that we believe are gonna be sustainable in the future? Is it selling into a a a total addressable market that we believe is defensible by the products that they're developed and planning on developing. So all these factors, we put them all into our, you know, I'd say our secret sauce formula. And, um, you know, in the case of QuantumScape, we had, before we ever announced that deal, we had looked at over 300 companies. And before we ever announced uh, the Wallbox deal, we looked at over 500 companies. So I don't want to say success begets success, but, you know, clearly people you know, saw this analysis that we've done, recognized that because of our expertise, like I said, our team, you know, my guys were the top people in their organizations, running purchasing for Chrysler, uh, building plants around the world for General Motors, uh, you know, running electronics companies, multi-billion dollar companies as the CEO or the CFO. Having that expertise, knowing what you have to do, allowed us to get in there and look at these companies and really dig in in the case of wallbox uh, i mean given travel restrictions it was a little tough but we did virtual tours of all their facilities met all their teams but even in the end we sent my team from europe so part of my group is actually based in europe they went down to barcelona they spent days with the management team going through the facilities meeting the people we sent other people to northern california looked through the facilities there and we know what we're looking at we don't have to bring in consultants we don't have to bring in you know, no offense. We don't have to bring in bankers. Uh, we we know we are bankers. We are the consultants. We you know that's what we know. And so you know, you had asked me earlier. You know, how do we know that this is a good company? We went through the financials. We went through the facilities. We went through the tack time. We talked to operators on the line assembling products. We looked at the supply chain management. We looked through every supplier and looked at the global co- constraints in supply base. You guys know a lot of people are constrained with semiconductor chip shortages right now. We looked at that. We said, who's supplying? What's what's your rates? What are your terms? That's the type of analysis we've done our entire career. So for us, it's second nature. But that was the work we did. And even after we got done that level of work, we were even more impressed with what Wallbox has created. Really impressive company.
1: And now a word from our sponsor, Accelerate, one of Canada's most innovative and fastest growing alternative investment solution providers with a suite of institutional caliber alternative ETFs for investors seeking diversification and long term performance. The Accelerate Arbitrage Fund, symbol ARB on the TSX, is the world's first SPAC focused ETF with a diversified portfolio of SPAC and merger arbitrage opportunities in an easy to use, low cost ETF. The Accelerate Arbitrage Fund ETF trades under the symbol ARB on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. So in terms of what Wallbox has created, can you talk a little bit about the product and and how it works?
2: Sure. Well, I mean, to think about Wallbox, um, it's a hardware and a software company. okay? and pretty much all uh, charging uh, is hardware and software. And I want to just set those two points aside to, to say why both of these are so different in this case. In the case of the hardware, the company has designed and builds and assembles 100% of everything they're selling. That's very unique in the industry. And, it, and it's very important because it allows you to manage your supply chain. It allows you to manage uh, you know, all of your intellectual property. and allows you to create significant profit margins wallbox has close to 45 percent gross margins it's unheard of in the industry the, the next closest charging company is half of that and there's many that are single digits if you're a manufacturing company and you have 45 percent gross margins that's telling the world that you are taking a raw material and turning it into a valuable product that people are willing to pay for so that right there is you know it, it's fact it's historical numbers that's rock solid. The software also fully designed in-house. And that's very important because these two communicate very well together. There's no outsource licensing. There's no software you can do over the air updates, things like that. So the company is completely vertically integrated. And what do they produce? This is where it gets very interesting. The company has cutting edge AC level two home chargers. Okay, there's lots of companies that make AC level two home chargers. In fact, you can go on Amazon, there's 12 of them uh, that you could pick from. And frankly, they all look about the same. They're all about the same price. Um, Wallbox is the only company that has features that don't exist elsewhere. What are some of these features? Bluetooth connectivity. Why is that important? It's important because there's a lot of times where you hook up your, your charger in your garage or outside or in the basement of a parking structure, there is no Wi Fi. you can't do anything amazing feature, and it's included. They have electronic locking. What does that mean? Well, if I have my device, here in the U.S., most people are going to put them in their garage. But there's some applications in an apartment building, a condo complex, that it's got to be outside. Do you really want to have that unlock where someone can come and take your juice? Well, Walvox is the only one that has an electronic lock on it. You walk away from it, no one else is touching it. Interesting stuff. And then all the other things that go in there, it's small, it's high power, it's low heat, all these great things. So we tested all of the leading competitors personally. We bought a car, we bought all the chargers, we tested them. No one's is is nearly as good as the Wallbox Pulsar product. Now that's just for home. Why is that important? Our analysis, 70 to 80% of all charging right now is done at your home or your place of business. Okay, I don't know if you guys have electric cars, but the first thing you do when you buy one, you bring it home is you got to plug it in. And if you don't have one in your garage, you get one really quickly. Hmm. So public chargers are nice. Here in the United States, you're only using a public charger if you really have to. And frankly, if there's a public charger within 10 minutes of your house, you're not using that one either. Because guess what? You'll figure out a way to get home. Because you'd rather get home, put it in your garage, charge it while you're doing something else, than go somewhere and have a charge for a half hour while you have to make up doing something. Get a coffee, go shopping. You don't drive somewhere somewhere. You know, you'll go to get gasoline for your car just so you can go do something else, right? So we don't believe in, in that philosophy. We believe the home charging and the business is the key. So that's the one product. The next product in the range is a DC bidirectional charger. But well, what is that? Well, it's a DC charge, which goes directly into your battery, so there's no inverter, and it's bi-directional. <clears throat> Interesting. That means I can charge my battery and my battery can charge back to the house or back into the grid. Wallbox is the only company in the world that has that technology today. There's companies that are talking about it. There's companies that are thinking about it. Even the other solar companies have said they're trying to do some things with some of the OEMs. They don't have a product. It's very difficult to make that product. Some large utility companies have talked about it. They have a product that's about 10 or $20,000. This product I'm talking about is the Quasar product. It exists today and Wallbox has sold Thousands of these that's certified in Germany, UK, Australia, be certified in the rest of the Europe shortly. It'll be certified in North America shortly. This is a game changer. About this big. I can mount it in my garage tomorrow. It's an amazing product. Total game changer. That is the energy management product. Okay? And then the third category is the company makes a public charger. Um, and I just said a moment ago, we don't necessarily believe in that public charger. Well, we got orders for 8,000 of these public chargers. So that's over hundred million dollars. We said, we'll build them, but we're building them differently. And why is ours different? Because our public charger is a shell and it can hold up to six of our DC bi-directional chargers inside of it in modules. So we now get the economies of scale and we can sell that public charger for $12,000. It's a public charger that is OEM grade, it's modular you can make it as powerful or you can make it more efficient if you want you can be running it one module can can crap out you can pull it out while it's charging car replace it it's a very powerful engineered product other companies out there will tell you we have a water cooled public charger i mean what's the last thing you need is water running around your battery pack <laughs> our so efficient it's 90, 90 97, 98% efficiency you don't need water so From a product standpoint, the company has designed, developed, builds all this in-house, 40 to 45% gross margins. That's what we love about it. And the fact that the products, they've sold over 100,000 of these products in over 68 different countries. I mean, to get certified in one country is hard enough. And to explain just how difficult that is, the company sells their product in France, It's so hard to get certified in France because the French utilities don't like anything connecting to the grid. You buy a Tesla today in France, you don't get a Tesla charger with your car because they're not certified in France. You get a wall box charger in France with your Tesla.
1: So really neat capabilities of the company. And now a word from our sponsor, Accelerate, one of Canada's most innovative and fastest growing alternative investment solution providers with a suite of institutional caliber alternative ETFs for investors seeking diversification and long-term performance. The Accelerate One Choice Alternative Portfolio ETF, symbol 1C-ONEC on the TSX, is Canada's first Alternatives Portfolio Solution, providing exposure to six alternative asset classes, 10 alternative strategies, and one easy-to-use, one-choice ETF that charges a management fee of just 0.2%. The Accelerate One Choice Alternative Portfolio ETF trades under the symbol 1CONEC on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. Right. And I appreciate you going over the product suite, the margins, and specifically the product differentiation with respect to the competitors, because as you indicated, there's quite a, a bit of competition in the market. You also mentioned the significant market traction that the company's getting. And I was wondering if you could discuss you know, some of the market opportunity, how penetration is coming along, and who are the biggest... Customers that you're seeing out, in, out there in the market for the products?
2: Sure. Um, so, you know, the company just started selling in North America just earlier this year, a few months ago. Right. So very new. But the, the business model, um, you know, that the company has really developed is, is very impressive. As I mentioned, they, the company has, I think, uh, nine offices in six countries today. They're certified in, I think, 68 countries to sell the product. And they're certified by a number of OEMs guys like BMW, uh, Nissan, Mitsubishi, and that's primarily because of the bi-directional charging. So if you own a Nissan LEAF, um, Nissan has certified you to use the battery to charge back into your house. In fact, that's what they're doing over in Europe a lot. So, you know, people in Europe have a much better appreciation for energy usage. Um, Well, energy is a lot more expensive there, so that kind of drives the process, but what people do is they plug in their Nissan LEAF at night charges, you know, fills the battery at night at lower energy rates. In the morning, they use that battery to kind of cool their house down or run their air conditioning, Ever, Then they leave for work, they take that car to work, plug it in there, charges work in the evening, charges back, and they keep doing that. And our software uh, at Wallbox can track all that, and it can actually show, in some cases, you know, some of our uh, customers are saving hundreds of dollars a month just in utility savings from from balancing during the day but you know the the, the customers are you know i would say there's a couple of different buckets you know one of the big buckets is the utility companies they're buying a lot uh, in particular a company like Eberdrola, uh, which is one of the largest european uh, utility companies they own uh, some other uh, country utility companies like scottish power they own so they're buying a lot of the public chargers uh, so we have a lot of energy companies we have a lot of installers Um, You know, so it's a lot of like solar uh, panel installers are big customers because, you know, a lot of times people that are using electric vehicles also have solar panels, so we get a lot of that. And then, of course, uh, all the OEMs. As I mentioned, we're certified by those names, but we sell through all the uh, OEM dealerships as well, because once again, that's really how this product is sold. When you buy a new electric car for the first time, you ask your dealer, hey, who is certified, who has a charger, you know, remember, this is a 240 volt, 40 to 48 amps. You know, it's a lot of power. You want to have a certified product. We also sell through uh, e-commerce and retail. So I think it's less than 10% of the sales. Um, but you could go on Amazon and buy a, a wall box Charger today if, if you wanted to.
1: That's very helpful. So I did want to get into the weeds a little bit on the recently announced merger. Uh, sure. Wallbox, yours back, Kensington Capital Acquisition. To value the business at $1.5 billion enterprise value and concurrently raising as much as $330 million. So, wondering, what is the use of proceeds primarily for this capital infusion?
2: Sure. So, you know, pointed out it's a $1.5 billion, that's the post transaction uh, enterprise value. Yeah um and you know and the deal is 1.4 billion was the was the actual uh transaction value the equity value of the, of the deal uh but really the purpose behind the transaction was to raise the capital for the company and we've raised 330 million dollars for the company and the company already has some cash on the balance sheet very limited debt so essentially when this deal closes you know the company will have about 330 million of cash and that is the fully fund the business plan. Now, keep in mind, this is a company with significant sales today. As I pointed out earlier, very strong gross margins already. So the company is generating cash from the sales, but it's also a growth stage company. Um, Right now, the company has three manufacturing facilities, two in Europe and one in Asia. Uh, Our plan is to increase capacity at all three of those facilities. We're also going to add a new facility in the United States. And that should be up and running in 12 to 18 months from today. But these are light assembly plants. Um, these, we can build these plants for you know $20 million uh, because the product is so well engineered. And we ship all the components to uh, the US and we build it here. And so we're going to be expanding through CapEx. That's part of the 330 million. But the biggest component of that capital that we've raised is for the working capital to grow the company, to build inventory, and to build our, uh, really it's our our, our accounts receivables. Because as you know, if you're a global company selling in 65 different countries, there's a lot of product on boats uh, in any given time. And you have to make sure that you have enough money to build out that inventory. And that's the one area where we've seen a lot of these SPACs announce deals, and they talk all about the CapEx they're gonna spend, but they never talk about the working capital. They say, oh, don't worry, we'll get to that. You know, that's not how we operate at Kensington. We know how to, to build global supply chains, and we know it requires a lot of capital. And we wanna make sure that we have all the components there. You go on, you order, even on Amazon today, you order a, a Pulsar, they're gonna get, get it delivered in 48 hours, no problem. It's very difficult to do that with a lot of the other products you see on Amazon today. They're all backordered because they're either not getting uh, any components, they can't ship them, they don't, they don't have the capital to grow. We're making sure that we have that capital and basically, we have enough capital that we'll get to positive free cash flow, and this company will never have to raise another dollar of equity again.
1: And so speaking of use of this capital forecasting, pretty significant revenue growth and more than $2 billion of revenue by 2027. So i was wondering if you could discuss the growth plans in terms of you know, the products you'll be selling, the markets in which you'll be penetrating, you specifically mentioned, the fairly new in the u.s i assume that's a big area of growth for the company yeah absolutely
2: um so you know the breakdown uh, and i don't have the actual breakdown here but you know the total sales number uh, about 10 percent of it is software okay so you know when you purchase a uh uh you know a new wall box you put it up in your garage you get free software with it there's no charge for that but if you want to say uh you know, put the app on and you want to charge your neighbor to use your wall box, which you can do and you can track exactly their usage. Um, We charge about five dollars a month for that software package. So it's not really used for the home, but it's used for a lot of small businesses, apartment complexes, condo complexes. Five dollars a month. I think we're uh, thousands of people are using that right now. So nice recurring revenue stream there. As you get to the bigger units, the bi-directional one I was talking about, the D.C. bi-directional, that, when you're really trying to manage your power every single day, you want to use that software, too. That's also $5 a month. And then later on, we have an app. And if you want to, let's just say you're taking a trip across country, you want to use a public charger, anyone's public charger, not you know, ours or someone else's, you can use the same app that's on your account for your charger at home. And you can say, hey, find me a charger. And our app goes one step further. It makes sure that the charger is functioning. Uh, you can reserve it. You can pay for it, you can give comments back, you can read comments on our app. It's actually a very powerful social tool because we're actually selling that data also to guys like TomTom Tom so they can update the, the real-time map showing, I don't know if you guys know, many of the public chargers uh, are just not, they don't function, they, they're always breaking down. So this way you can see that it's actually working. But so the big component is that, Uh, then really the breakdown is those three categories, the public chargers, uh, the DC bi-directional and the AC level two chargers. And I'd say it's about a third, a third, a third. Um, Where we're seeing this right now is, you know, if you were to look at the baseball analogy, we would say we're we're probably not even in the first inning yet, because when we think about EV charging, you know, up to this point, it's kind of been Tesla, you know, has 80 percent of the market and everyone else is kind of competing. But what we're seeing right now is, especially here in the United States, we're just starting to see electric cars coming out. And I mean, Ford just is the first one with a kind of a high volume with the Mach-E. But we're gonna see GM, you've seen Chrysler now announce their entire lineup. And if you look at the data and based on our analysis and our work we did with QuantumScape, the data points you really have to start looking at is 2024, 2025. Because up until that point, everyone's gonna be fighting for stuff that's when we're gonna really have significant penetration, we're gonna have significant market share in electric vehicles. It gets back to our thesis, which is we're going after the low hanging fruit, which is the home and small business. Everyone that's buying a car needs this. We want them to have the best product out there. You know, the I would call it the Apple type product of charging, which is uh, an amazing piece of hardware, an amazing piece of software, and a company that is thinking outside of the box as energy management, when no one else is doing that. So, it's putting that all together and driving it with that product, and then leading into all the other products.
1: So, you have experience now with your process taking QuantumScape public, uh, now with in the process with Wallbox. I mean, how how is a this back as a structure uniquely situated? to take a, a company public versus some of the other options such as IPO or direct listing?
2: So Michael, I love the question. And uh, look, uh, you know, I spent uh, most of my career as an investment banker, been involved with hundreds of public transactions, uh, and then I've also been involved with a lot of private equity over the years. I got to tell you, I, you know, despite the fact that SPACs sometimes get a bad rap, okay? I still think it is the most efficient and most transparent product for financing the right kinds of companies. Uh, I mean, the transparency is amazing. I mean, this is, I mean, we're, we're an NYSE listed company with fully audited financials and full disclosure. Uh, you can't get any better than that. I mean, private equity, hedge fund, no one knows what they're getting. You know, there's hidden fees upon fees upon fees, um, this, is very clear. And I think the fact that there's been a couple kind of bad apples in the bunch, unfortunately, has been a couple bad deals. And I think that's not a, it's more a a testament to the team, the sponsor team doing the right work. I mean, we've looked at, as you can imagine, we've looked at every single auto company that's gone down the path of a SPAC. And we chose QuantumScape the first time around, and we've chosen Wallbox this time and we've done the work. Um, There's been deals out there where people just did not do the due diligence. And when they don't, you have a bad company and you have a bad transaction, you're gonna get a bad result. We look at the complete opposite way. We've said, we're finding the best company out there and we're gonna run the most efficient process. And I like how you use the word process because while we're also very much industry focused team, we've done so many public transactions in our careers we understand and appreciate the, the process behind it. And in the case of QuantumScape, we closed that deal from the day of announcement to the day that we closed and funded that deal is 89 days. A record, we didn't, it wasn't a record for just setting the record, it was efficient and we had every step of that process laid out precisely. The S4 filing, the proxy statement, the registering the pipe shares, the de of the security, I mean, you have to understand that from an investment banker standpoint, uh, and if you have to rely on your advisors or your lawyers or accountants or your bankers to do that, you might as well not be doing it. So that's why we've said process is key, but first it starts with a great company, and um, we feel like we, we have the, the formula, and uh, we're sticking to it.
1: And your comments with respect to SPACs make sense. I mean, you can have good SPACs, bad SPACs, you can't really blanket target an asset class, just like you can have good private equity deals and bad private equity deals. Now, Justin, given that you're a car guy, I always love asking a car guy a question. Before we let you go, two questions, actually. What is your favorite vehicle of all time? And secondly, uh, what's your favorite electric vehicle this year? This year? well. My favorite vehicle of all time
2: um, is, I would probably say the McLaren F1.
1: Okay, nice.
2: I've only driven it once, uh, and it was amazing, but the one that's right behind it, I would say is number two, and very similar to that car, and probably the stepchild of that car, is the Celine S7, hmm. and that's mine right there. I actually have Steve Celine's personal S7 in my collection. Oh wow. And I rebuilt it from about 12 boxes of parts. <laughs> so that one's very special to me. But I would tell you that this one's also kind of special. That's my 66 Mustang GT convertible, driving it in Manhattan. And to drive a car you know, that's uh, 55 years old and to appreciate uh, everything that goes along with it, uh, it makes me appreciate my latest car, which is my Mustang Mach-E. Hmm. Which I got to tell you, 55 years apart, they're both called Mustangs. Uh, they both have a steering wheel and four four tires. Couldn't be any more further apart. And it's really exciting. And look, I got I have three daughters. You know, the fact that they're all about the environment. Uh, one of them is actually an environmental engineer. Mm. Uh, she took after her old man. She went to, I went to University of Michigan, uh, mechanical engineering. She went there for environmental engineering. Uh, But the fact that this whole next generation is all about the environment and getting back to my original story, back when I was young, we all built these cars with the biggest engine you could. That's what's cool. Now it's cool to make a car go the furthest it can on the least amount of electric charge and uh, to make the world a little bit better and a lot more green uh, for the next generation. I got to tell you, it kind of gives me goosebumps and makes me feel like I'm actually doing doing something good rather than be uh, an investment banker. (laughs) actually creating value for once. So I'm pretty excited about that.
1: Yeah, no doubt. There's a big ESG theme to most companies uh, going public these days. So thank you for... Uh, your time today to the extent that investors are interested in following the company currently trading under the symbol kcac and when this deal closes expected i believe in the third quarter it'll trade under the symbol wbx so justin thanks so much for coming on the show today appreciated your insights and uh, just key characteristics and aspects of this deal it's really helpful for investors so thank you
2: you bet, Julian, Michael. Thanks a lot for your questions. You guys are really uh, insightful in terms of uh, digging in, and uh, hopefully, your listeners will enjoy the talk.
1: So, thanks, guys. All right. Cheers. Bye, everybody.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Absolute Return Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Accelerate Financial Technologies. Accelerate, because performance matters. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. The views expressed in this podcast are the personal views of the participants and do not reflect the views of Accelerate. No aspect of this podcast constitutes investment, legal, or tax advice. Opinions expressed in this podcast should not be viewed as a recommendation or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any securities or investment strategies. The information and opinions in this podcast are based on current market conditions and may fluctuate and change in the future. No representation or warranty expressed or implied is made on behalf of Accelerate. As to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast, Accelerate does not accept any liability for any direct, indirect or consequential loss or damage suffered by any person as a result of relying on all or any part of this podcast and any liability is expressly disclaimed.